0: (laughs) so
1: God bless you Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of CTL Speaks. This is your host, Alvin Johnson. I am here with some of the cast and production staff of Clue on stage, which grazes CTL's main stage this week, opens on a Friday. Uh, so we're going to get into all the fun, all the fun conversation and hear from some of the characters and the director. Uh, but we're going to get started with that in just a second. For now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. <laughs> Billy, did you get did you get a good read there? Is that mm-hmm. was that enough yeah. time to to make significant progress in a book that you randomly picked
2: up in the middle of <laughs> Hey, I, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> That's
1: just a nice casual way to intro. Uh welcome. <laughs> welcome, as I said, to another episode of CTL Speaks. I'm your host, Alvin Johnson. My co-host should be here at some point, uh, Mr. Seth Sponhouse. But for now, uh, I am joined by some of the cast and the director of Clue on stage, which again, as I said, is gracing our main stage this week. So I will let the cast and crew introduce themselves. So whoever wants to begin, you go ahead and jump in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Phil wants to go first.
3: Sure. Hi, I'm uh, Philip Boneda and I play Mr. Green.
2: Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. I'm (laughs) Billy and I'm playing Wadsworth, the butler.
4: Hi, I'm Kate Shaw and I am playing Mrs. Peacock. And I am Marie Fox and I am playing the director.
1: How's that been, Marie? How's how's playing the director? I've played that role a couple times myself.
4: (laughs) You know know what? I know people are going to think it's it's something we always say and... uh, I think you know, Alvin, and I know that Phil has directed before, too, and um, you can't always fully 100% say what I'm about to say, but I have had a, an absolute blast with this show from start to finish. No, I mean, I am not hesitant at all. If people ask me, has it been, what's it been like? Is it stressful? Is it, I mean, directing normally has its its regular stresses, but this cast and crew has been absolutely amazing. And I it will be up there as one of my all time favorites. It it really will. Um, We start um,
3: today, so we're gonna see how
1: we can ruin that
0: experience. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I was gonna
4: say, you said start to finish.
0: It ain't over. It is
1: not. It is not over. My our dress rehearsal is at Danville start tomorrow, and well, we'll see. It'll be a whole good luck Charlie event. That's all I can. That's all I can (laughs) Yikes. All right. So we've heard a little bit from Marie already. And of course, she's the director. so She has to say these nice things. But let's see if some of the can. i just kidding. So, um, Phil, let's let's jump over to you. Can you just talk about your experiences throughout the Clue process from auditions to now?
3: Yeah. So this is my first time doing a straight play since 2011. Um, I
1: typically do musicals.
3: So it's been a really different experience for me and that none of my lines have music to them, so they're harder to memorize. <laughs> um, but- Just to uh, sing them all. <laughs> I, I, that's how I memorize. I memorize, <laughs> actually. Um, but Clue has always been one of my favorite movies um, and was one of my favorite board games as a kid, still is. And I was telling somebody the other day, I actually bought Clue when Suncoast was going out of business in the state college mall for like five dollars off of their discount rack um it was like one of the first dvds i ever owned so when we put this in our season um i just wanted to be a part of it so i've had a blast um playing a character very different from anything i've done before um there are some things that i d- get to do on stage that i've never done before but i can't say those because it's spoilers um, but it's been great um, working in a totally different way for me at CTL, I'm having a blast.
1: I'm very excited to see your portrayal of, of Mr. Green. I'm always excited to see everyone's, I'll be there opening night. Um, but it's it's so interesting because like, you know, Marie, we've had this conversation how you mm-hmm. see a show every once in a while and this Clue has been a very popular show in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of local high schools in our area have been doing Clue the last couple of years. And Marie's even directed it um, mm-hmm. at Williamsport. Um, and so it's so interesting to just see how each character has their own spin. So, Phil, I'm very excited to see your your portrayal of Mr. Green. I'm, I'm very He's intrigued. Really I've also hard. never seen you... I don't think I've ever seen you on stage, Phil, so I'm, I'm very... Do you not
3: see my incredible turn as Ariadne Banger in Mamma Mia?
1: No, Come on, I Bob. did not oh. see Mamma Mia. I also, if I was going to have a Fast Five question and they would ask me what the most overrated musical would be, Mamma Mia would be in my top three.
5: Oh, it's um, in my, Trust my me.
1: kids, my kids keep asking me what yeah. we're doing next year. And I'm just not going to tell them. And I just, they like, let's do my, man. I'm like, no, it's not, it's just, it's not, it's not, not going to happen. Ever. It's just not, yes. it's just not going to happen. So, yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't remember what I was saying that. So, um. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, what about you? Yeah.
2: What was the question?
5: Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, talk about your experiences throughout the process from auditions to now. Sorry, I've just been sitting here looking at my face and thinking how pretty I am. Anyway, uh, so, uh, so Clue. Um, Yeah, so I, right before Clue, I was in a show, uh, Miracle on 34th Street. And on the Facebook group, we were sort of chatting back and forth, the cast uh, members. And one of the questions that we asked was, what are your dream roles? And I was thinking about like my dream roles and i just couldn't think of any like when i was younger i had like a lot and and i just couldn't think of any parts i really really would die to play uh and then i auditioned for clue because of course i love the movie and everything and it wasn't until i got the text from the stage manager uh heather hey donnie uh that said like you've got the part of wadsworth if you want it where I was like, oh no, I do have a dream part, and it's this, and I really <laughs> want this. I just didn't know that I just mm-hmm. until I got it, I didn't realize mm-hmm. like how much it would mean. Uh and uh this has been uh intense. This has been great. Uh I love this character, and I love this the genre that this is a parody of. I grew up watching like masterpiece theater uh pbs dramas and jeremy brett and sherlock holmes david Suchet as poirot and all that sort of like uh parlor murder mystery kind of jazz and uh that's exactly what this show is 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 uh mocking and paying homage to in its own way and uh getting to do all the overdramatic turns of of uh this makes two two what two murders you know yes. just all 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 those little things and, and uh, there are multiple scenes in the show and mul- of course multiple endings as everyone knows but multiple scenes in the show where uh, things get to be overly dramatically explained and huge secrets come out and it's like oh my god you were you were doing this you were doing that and then this happened and oh it was right under our noses the whole time I love that that stuff is my absolute jam uh, the book that I picked up to be weird in, in about was a sherlock holmes book uh it it's i I love it and this, so this has been extremely fun uh for me and i any excuse to do a british accent is is good for me as well
1: and i I don't know if I'm allowed to admit this, but I must admit uh when I saw the cast list, there were two people that I was most excited to see in this particular role. Um, and it was you as Wadsworth uh, and um, Brad as Mustard. Uh, I, I I can, like, when I look at, because like, I've been on stage with Brad. Brad is a great friend. We talk all the time. And we're on a podcast together all the time. He's always a great time. And I'm like, waiting for clue to happen so i could see brad as colonel mustard because i knew it was going to be something and then when we met billy and we did a podcast together and i've seen you a couple times on stage i think and yeah and so it was just like i needed i didn't know i needed it like you didn't know you needed wadsworth i didn't know i needed to see you as as wadsworth until (laughs) it's going to happen this week and i'm very excited to see that so
2: (laughs) oh that's so nice of you thank you
1: That's well, I'll make sure not to drink any water. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> Wendy so Brad, so, uh, Brad actually Brad's absolutely make you will. Pee, yeah. So.
4: Yeah. <laughs> he is hilarious.
3: hilarious. Brad, Incredible. Brad, I have to like bite my
2: lip or like inner cheek during the show. <laughs>
4: Peacock Covers her mouth a
0: lot in shock.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. So, so, Wadsworth is a butler, so his hands are never near his face, yeah, they're so always weird. like down at his sides in a respectful way. And so I just keep having to like look really inspect the back wall of the stage because <laughs> like oh my God, I've tried I've tried everything. The guy's too funny. I can't stop it laughing. really is. It's now the audience is will am, only, be, I am,
1: only be looking for everyone's tick. What what is the one thing that everyone is doing to stop themselves from laughing? We're gonna me, we just put that in the pro. pro- yeah, put it in the program. Let's have <laughs> yeah. a checkboard instead of like us following We're who gotta, we think it be- is. A- we got to figure out who's trying to laugh. <laughs> Just trying not to laugh. Mr. Green and just to laugh. <laughs> 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 And so, Kate, talk to us about your experiences with the show.
0: So, um, I love Clue the movie so very much that when I was young, and I watched it way too early, um, we'll put that out there, I didn't understand a great deal of it until later. Uh, I had a, a little 13-inch uh, TV with a VCR attachment that when it got to the end of the tape, it would rewind and start. And I probably watched Clue for like two years straight. Um, <laughs> it was the background of everything. I still watch it every snow day. Uh, a friend of mine calls it her snow day mo- uh, movie. So I started watching it. And actually, I am brand new to Williamsport. I moved here last May. Uh, no, June, pardon me. And <clears throat> uh, happened to be walking by the theater when I saw the poster. And I said to my boss, who I was, I was walking across, the- I-, I was like, we have to cross the street. We have to cross the street. I, and I took a picture of the poster, and I said, "I need to see this." And then I said, "I need to audition for this. It's my favorite." So, um, so it's my first time auditioning. I, I am—I have not been on stage for 18 years, so this is my first time back on stage in 18 years. So uh, I was shocked when I got auditioned because I, when I got cast, because I actually sat behind Billy during auditions uh, that first night, and I thought, "Well, he's going to be Wadsworth." um, No. And then, and his wife is brilliant. And I was like, he's probably going to be Mrs. Peacock. And all of these amazing people were there. And I, and I thought, okay, well, Hey, at least I took myself out there and I auditioned. And then when I got the text message from Heather, I was absolutely blown away and I have had so much fun. In fact, um, Marie sometimes is like, I don't want to keep you late. I don't want to keep you late. And I'm like, you could keep us all night. I'm just having (laughs) such a good time with this cast, with this crew. And, um, <clears throat> Mrs. Peacock, uh, like Billy said, I did. I always thought I wanted to be Mrs. White. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Peacock is, I mean, obviously there is no Eileen Brennan. She's she has mm-hmm. left this world. Mm-hmm. She was iconic. She's amazing, and I loved her in, like Billy said, like some of her the other movies, which were also of the same kind of genre. And uh, but Mrs. Peacock has been an absolute delight to play. I would play her every day for the rest of my life if I could. Which. Marie has said that I embody her and I think it yeah. is an insult. So well, I, <laughs> <It's not. laughs> it's party that I am having an absolute playing her.
1: Well, welcome to CTL and welcome to Women yeah. For. It. We're super excited to have you a part of our family. And now your only requirement from here forward is that you don't go anywhere and you keep auditioning. So sorry, you're stuck. Um, <laughs> so but just Kate, tell us. You know, because you are our first time at CTL, um, we want to hear, we always like to hear from new uh, cast members in our in our CTL family and, and about your experiences. What have your experiences been with CTL as your first time performing? Talk us through maybe the nerves of auditioning and, and, and just everything that brought you here and, and how you're feeling as of right now.
0: So I, I will, uh, so thankfully, Being here, uh, my job has given me the flexibility that I can now perform again. And I, as I said, you know, I I knew that this was the show I really wanted to be in. So I was going to audition for Beauty and the Beast, but I was like, no, because if I get that and I can't do Clue, I really want to do Clue if they'll let me. And I will say, audition night was terrifying, especially because everybody's friends, everybody already knew each other, and I kind of really did feel like a fish out of water. Um, And Left thinking, oh, I just did terrible. I barely got to speak. I didn't. I didn't perform well. It, it was a cold reading, um, and everybody else was so talented. And there was a huge number of people who showed up that night. So. Um, I will say it was really stressful as far as that goes, but the minute we showed up for read-through, everyone was just open arms, and um, I immediately felt a connection with these people, with the, I, I feel like I've made really good friends through this, which I needed because I only know my work people right now, and, um, you know, Billy and I have um, <coughs> about movies, and Phil and I laugh about, you know, he was in the Philadelphia area where I lived for a while, so we've talked about theater down in the Philadelphia area, and um, it's, just been, it's just been really amazing. I, um, in a very few short weeks I have gone from feeling really kind of adrift to feeling like I belong, so it's really, um, it's been an excellent experience and I'm so thankful.
1: Well, that just warms my little heart. That's exactly what we want. Good job guys, you did great. <laughs> so, Marie, let's let's hear a bit from more from you because as I said, we've done we've done this episode before, right? Mm-hmm. We had the directors of the plays on Um, and we talked about our experiences. And for you, one of the things that we talked about was the fact that you have directed Clue before. um, And so now it was kind of taking it from a a more traditional uh, stage and now putting on the thrust stage that we have at CTL and and the challenges that you were going to face and and changing the ideas from before till now. So what has that process been like for you?
4: Uh, That part of it, like I told you before, was I knew was going to be the challenge. And Mm -hmm. Honestly, the approach I took this time, uh, when I directed it before, I literally, we built the entire mansion. I had every room of the mansion when they would run from, if you've ever been to Williamsport, well, you know, Abin, if you've ever mm-hmm. been to Williamsport, though, that stage is humongous. And yes. we really could run from one side completely to the other, through all the rooms. I used the upper, uh, the balcony area of, of Williamsport, too. Well, this time at CTL, I was worried because I knew the fast-paced nature of the show. I didn't want a lot of set changes. I didn't want, I didn't want blackouts. I didn't want, I wanted to be able to move very quickly from one scene to the next and have it smooth. And so I went from that big idea before to this time really simplifying their movement. In fact, they only have pieces of furniture wise. They use three chairs, a bench and a table actually four chairs is a different chair that comes in later and two little side tables that show up at one point in time. Um, It's the stage is clear for them to move from one place to the other. We do have doors that they go in and out of, you know, for the, the fast paced comedy of the doors opening and shutting and all Mm -hmm. of that. But we try to make the audience a part of the show as well. And it, it, I'm telling you this, this cast if you ask me what has made it so wonderful for me is not just the way they do their lines that are scripted, but they have the way this particular version of Clue is written is there are these parts where they all have to talk at the same time and they have to improvise you know, some of their dialogue. That's some of the funniest stuff in the script, I'm telling you right now, that, and it's not scripted. It's just hilarious, but they're all so good at at just jumping in and the chemistry is amazing among this cast it really 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 is and that's why that part's so fun but truthfully they made this simplified set um as far as you know there aren't big set pieces or anything they made that work i don't know that i could have done that and sold it to an audience without this cast this cast is just they're selling it they really are they it's you don't even miss big rooms and the different you know uh all the different possible furniture that could be there in a regular mansion you don't miss it so at least i hope the audience is going to love this one. but yeah i i got
1: the privilege to see it and walk on it the other day and unfortunately i wasn't able to audition for clue because it's the same weekend as the the high school that i'm directing at Mm -hmm. and so i just got for a second you know, I just walking the floor and opening the doors. And I was just imagining what it would have been like if it was me. So I, for one, can say the audience was going to love it because I did. So I, I already know it's going to be great.
2: And you <laughs> only saw the set. You didn't even see the, the, the acting that's true. part.
1: That's, yeah. that's true. I'm already sold. It's set set alone, you. I'm in.
4: this yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that good. Just that good. I will say we are very lucky. Jerry Gold did an amazing job painting. And you'll see that and yes, he just really did a nice job. So we're lucky lucky. that way. Yes.
1: So um, without giving too much away from the show itself, right? Can you all share your favorite moment? I have two questions. Favorite moment of yours on stage of your character uh, and Marie, maybe for you, your favorite character, your favorite moment, one of your favorite moments you'd like to see on stage. Uh, and the second question is your favorite moment of someone else on stage that you're either a scene partner with or that just that you've gotten to watch throughout the process.
3: I, I can start. Um, yeah. So my favorite moment of mine, uh, Mr. Green has issues with blood. Um,
1: As do I, I get it. When I
3: happen to have, if I do say so myself, a decent fake throw-up noise uh, or gagging noise, Uh, and there's a moment where I have to, well, there's several moments where I have to interact with the dead bodies that are piling up around the stage. Um, And Theo Lentz, who plays Mr. Body, I mean, if you don't, if you don't know Clue, get off this podcast,
5: uh,
3: <laughs> but you know, the whole premise of, of Clue is who killed Mr. Body and with what? So there's a moment where I have to interact with Mr. Body and I just get to like crawl on Theo and <laughs> right in his face, um, which I just added the other night, but no, so, no. No, <laughs> no. don't give away
2: the magic too. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying what happens. It? <laughs> um, so that's one of my favorite moments is interacting with Theo, um, in that way, because we've worked on shows together, but I've never gotten to actually like play with them on stage before, like that. Um, Literally, or, I've never played with anybody on stage like that before. <laughs> um, uh, and then my favorite moment of somebody else is I just love everything that Kate does. Um, Mrs. Peacock in the movie has always been one of my favorites, and Kate just brings her own special flair to it. Um, that is so fun. I get to sit beside her in the dinner scene. Um which was one of the very first scenes that we worked on together. And I was like, I don't know who this girl is, but she's great. Um, And I've just loved watching her. Uh, Mr. Green doesn't say a lot in several scenes, and I just get to kind of stand in the corner and watch everything that's happening and take it all in. And it's just been so fun to watch Kate experiment. And when she finds a bit, she sticks with it and just keeps growing it. And I'm, I'm loving it.
0: Thank you, Phil. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I can go my favorite bit for myself. I think I, I was going to say that dinner scene. Um, there's a couple moments that I just really love, but there's this one line that I kind of, I kind of threaten Billy with, mm-hmm. and it is probably <laughs> my favorite moment of mine. And, and it's the one that really hasn't changed. I, I yep. knew exactly how I wanted to play that bit. And, the first time that I did it, Billy looked genuinely afraid of me. And I was like,
2: I was yeah. So <laughs> I, I was, felt
0: very successful.
2: <laughs> I was and continue to be like, you are such a sweet person. You are a joy to work with. And then that scene happens. And I fear for my life. I every single time.
0: So uh, that's, that's probably my favorite moment of my own. Um, I, there's one line that is not spoiling that Phil says, and all it is is, yeah, and he laugh <laughs> it every, time. It's and the, every time. It's the
3: stupidest it. line in the show. It's,
0: it, a, it's, it's, so, it's a throwaway, yeah. and it's so silly, but he, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it slays me every time. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, um, obviously, if you are familiar with the film, watching mm-hmm. Billy recap mm-hmm. it, it is oh. magical. <sighs> yes, and, I, I and cannot wait. Yeah, and especially, I, I, lo- I really appreciate what Marie's done with this, too, because... We have a, a smaller set. We, we have, you know, kind of um, the space. We're not chasing him around. We're letting him be himself and do this work. And everybody's going to get to see it. We're not going to block him. And I love that pretty much. There will not be a person in the, in the audience who will not get to enjoy something he does during that. 10-15 minutes of the production. Um, and of course, the other the other as we said too, Brad is just I, I don't have one other favorite from everybody else. They're all amazing. <laughs> yeah. Brad makes me laugh, Autumn is hysterical. Oh God. Desiree cracks me up. They're great.
3: I love Desiree's rush just off walk. the stage where she's just like, I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> She's like the oh, the movie man. life size where the Barbie comes to life. Yeah,
5: yes.
2: you you just you bringing that up changed what oh, I was gonna say. What my favorite moment of someone else is, so I'll I'll start with that. My favorite moment of someone else was uh, there's a scene where Brad and Desiree share the stage together, and it 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 looms large in my mind partially because the way you know you go through rehearsals and sometimes not everyone can be there and coincidentally for some reason every time we ran that scene only one of them was there at a time for the longest time so we got to see either one of them be hilarious on their own for a long time before we got to see them together Mm -hmm. and when they finally did come together and do the scene together it was like yes that's the magic sauce that's great Mm -hmm. and i again not to give too much away but uh, Brad has some of his funniest lines the funniest scripted lines he also is in, an incredible improviser and some of the stuff he's come up with absolutely kills me but he has some of his funniest written lines in the show in that scene Desiree uh, is written to be more of a straight man to him in that scene than than uh, than the funny one but she also has some incredibly funny deliveries with the way that she delivers the dialogue Is it's, it's such a great scene and I love it so much. My favorite bits are speaking to what Kate said about deliveries that haven't changed are the bits where I get to play into those old timey cliches. I think there is a bit, which there's a bit that is another one of my favorites. It's not this that I'm talking about, but that is a huge spoiler. So I don't want to talk about it. There's a bit at the end that I really like because I get to do something on stage that I haven't been able to do since college. But, um, uh, other than that, uh, but other than that, it's wherever I get to go into like the, there's certain deliveries of like Basil Rathbone or Jeremy Brett as Sherlock Holmes would (laughs) always get into whenever they're getting to a certain clue, uh, where, uh, I'll, I'll just say that, uh, a line from early in the show that doesn't really, uh, reveal anything because most of these, most of the deliveries are like clue reveals, uh but uh at one point i say in fact that double negative has led to proof positive i'm afraid you gave yourself away and i can just hear in my head like basil rathbone in the old show being like of course the cook killed uh cook killed her her, uh boss because of the way the parsley melted into the butter on that day you know that and i'm just it's those sort of like those certain like vocal notes that they that every actor who's ever played Sherlock Holmes gets to hit and I'm like, I'm hitting those notes I'm like, yeah, that's the, that's the stuff so <laughs> I, re- I really enjoy doing that I really enjoy doing that a lot and then there's that thing at the end of the show that I talked about that I, I don't want to talk about I
3: have fun with the thing at the end of the show
2: I do too yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I say very little, so I especially have fun with the end of the show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just get to watch I get to be a, an audience member right then
1: sure I also just want to note how very impressive it is, Billy, to just jump between Billy and not Billy, just in (laughs) one sentence. Like, people, people, so I'm a Spanish teacher, right? And so, like, when I have students in class who speak to me, who are native Spanish speakers, they speak to me in class, I'll go from English and immediately go into Spanish, and then right back to English, sometimes in the same sentence. And they're looking at me like, what is wrong with you? Like, are you okay? It's the same thing I'm feeling right now with Billy. Like, are you, like... How can it, it? The words and it just happens, and then your bill—it's just—it's a—it's just impressive. It's just impressive. We all yeah. wonder. If,
0: <laughs> we, all, we all wonder if Billy's okay a lot. Well, we, we
1: all know he's an
2: identity disorder, a serious issue,
3: <laughs> especially during the the recap. There's moments where he's just like, okay, he's going. Here we go. Yep. Bre- yeah. just, is
1: There's he breathing one
2: thing in this moment. Is that just- <laughs> I. I'm not, I I do impressions of everyone in the, almost everyone in the cast during that last scene. I'm not confident about everyone that I do, but there's one impression that I do that gets a huge reaction every night. And I'm like, okay, that one I've got. All right. I got to work on the other one. That one, apparently people really like that one. So, okay. I'll keep that one. I think I know. Yeah,
0: I think I know who it is doing. It yeah, is. yeah, it's,
2: it's, it's the one on. that people—it's the one that people scream every time yeah. I do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm very excited. Yeah. Very excited, Marie. What about for you?
4: Okay, you're going to tell me this is a cop out because you're going to say no. You have to pick one. You have to pick They're one. All
1: my favorite moments. No, I but- come on, Marie. <laughs>
4: This is, is a. that a good
1: Marie impression? Did I do okay? Billy? That, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Good
4: job, good job. But they are all my favorite. Let me tell you why. This is a show that cannot work with just any one individual person. It is an ensemble show, and if I, you know, there are times I sit back. Whenever I direct other shows too, and I watch it, and, you know, you're scared in the beginning. You're like, did I choose this right? I think I did. You know, are they going to have chemistry? Is it going to work? And I'm telling you from our read through, I knew it. I looked at Heather afterwards and I'm like, yep, this is it. This is it. I know it was right. And then that was even before we ever got into the meat of the rehearsals. And to watch them grow into these characters even more, I mean, it has been there are times I could sit back. In fact, I am definitely sure that I wouldn't have to be at these rehearsals and they could have done this on their own without me. it It is they're fabulous together. There are moments where I make them work together. Um, and for instance, they have to, they have to gasp. <laughs> <at> the <same laughs> time. And they have to do it a number of times, not to spoil it. But anyway, um, they are just spot on. I mean, spot on when they do it. And when they react other ways too, you have to listen to the things they say. It's the and their reactions, because it is so funny. In mm-hmm. fact,
3: to me, one of the shows that people should see multiple times so that, yes. like, the first time you get the general gist of what's going on and, like, the major plot points. And the second time you can, like, hone in on watching certain characters.
4: Which, Absolutely. Like some they of the are... stuff that
3: Tom does when he thinks nobody's watching him.
4: Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I Christy you.
2: wishes he wrote a mystery this right. tightly plotted. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah. I've just had so much fun watching all of you do that all of you have moments that that are hilarious, that are just where I'm like, did anybody see Brad the other night? And I, I well, the two cups? Yeah.
5: No. no.
2: I,
3: oh.
4: I never oh, see oh, it because have... I'm always facing the other
0: direction.
2: I lost it mid-scene. I lost it, <laughs> I lost it too. He he's literally
3: doing a scene the other night, I uh, have a candle and a mug, but he has like a mug That's in right. one hand and a brandy in the other. And he's like,
5: and then he finally drank both <laughs> at the same time it while was-
3: doing his lines in the middle of all. Of- I was like,
2: okay, no, like- no. Here's he. He delivered his line, looking me directly in the eye, and then went his lines. I make a good. He's like, I make a good living. Yeah, and looking <laughs> me dead in the eyes, and I couldn't. I couldn't continue. I couldn't. That that was was like, well, I'm destroyed. I'm destroyed. He did, I'm he I'm... did
0: threaten us at the read through that his role was to break us. He did And, say he, that. and if any of us oh, I mean, it doesn't he's take much. One. um yeah. other than when again when Phil pretends to throw up on, on Theo. Yeah. and there was yeah. one point one one night that I screamed in Phil's face like directly. It was, we first, it we both lost it there though. So it's so fun like getting like,
3: it's a farce, but at the same time, there like, there are some really nice dramatic moments. And I like, I get, they're getting to play. And like, I never would have dreamed of like being able to get up in Tom, Woodruff, Tom Woodruff's face the way that I do at one point. <laughs> like it's the, these fun, silly moments that we get to do that I hope people can see and that they're looking in the right place at the right time. And if not, they have to come back a
2: second time. And buy You just got to come back.
4: Yes. And watching all of you play has been my (laughs) favorite. It's been my favorite. The audience definitely, they've got to see it more than once. It is, it's just so fun. Um, And I joke sometimes in rehearsal because I'll say, you know, it's a pity you guys don't get along very well because they're, they're just always, even when they're not, running their lines when they're just, you know, interacting off, you know, they're laughing and having a good time. And that's to me what mm-hmm. theater's about. We don't do this for a second job. I mean, some people really do it as the same job, but in our case at the community theater, we do it for fun. And if it's, you know, that's what I wanted it to be for everybody mm-hmm. it was so a good time. So, yeah.
3: And for the, it, it's not just the eight of us that, so it's the six colors and mm-hmm. um, Billy as Wadsworth and Ari Roush as a vet, like the eight of us are together all the time. But then mm-hmm. there's these smaller parts that come in for like, God, Cassidy has literally one line,
4: yeah.
3: um, but she's still part of our group. And yes. like, she's
4: great. Having she her at
3: rehearsal the other day, watching act one for the first time that she hadn't seen before. I was like, was great because now I'm like, oh, I know where these laugh lines are going to start yep. and mm-hmm. where I need to be prepared because there were some that I was like, I was not ready for people to react to that. Yeah. Yet. Like,
2: it's always the- so excited. It's always the sort of funny thing about a farce is that when you're in rehearsal, you're working so hard to make sure that that timing is right. Mm-hmm. And you're getting that sort of Cary Grant movie like there isn't all there almost isn't a breath between a line of dialogue, bop, 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 bop. And mm-hmm. then you put it in front of an audience and then suddenly they want to laugh and you're like, mm-hmm. my timing. But that like that's the point is that you work <laughs> right. on that timing so that people would laugh at you and you would and the timing would break.
3: But the bits we've created aren't going to work out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly Mm -hmm. right. Well, it sounds
1: like, for all intents and purposes, this is just going to be a riot. And I love this show. I've seen it. I got a a privilege to, to be able to run sound for it at Chickalemi last year. And so it's just very exciting to be able to see it again and just see it differently. And I'm very excited to see all these bits that you're all referencing. And so audiences... Uh, listeners, watchers, however you're you're taking in this podcast, please make sure to get your tickets. Uh, Clue On Stage premieres this Friday, February 24th through Sunday the 26th, and then next week from March 2nd through the 5th. Tickets are on sale now at ctlshows.com, so make sure you get your tickets. We are going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with a, a, a fun game of Fast Five. We'll be right back and we're back welcome back to my it's it's i i told you nothing was gonna happen thank you anchor for sponsoring this podcast <laughs> okay. Now we are going to play a wonderful game called Fast Five. Uh, Reminder, this is a judgment-free zone. Your answers are your answers to whatever the question may be. And Marie, some of these questions you've heard before. um, But just see if you have a different answer since it's been a couple months. Maybe something else sparks your your mind. So the first question, uh, because this is a play, is what is your favorite play in the history of plays? Do you have a favorite? And what is it? And Marie, you cannot say they're all your favorite.
4: I know. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so
3: hard. I'm gonna go with Springs Awakening by Frank Vendekin. Um
0: I will go with my newest favorite is the play that goes wrong. Um I never laughed so hard and one of the shows that made me fall in love with farce is "I Hate Hamlet."
3: I Forgot about "I Hate Hamlet." That was a.
0: It's a really fun show.
2: <sighs> there are too many. There are too many really, really good plays. Um, mm-hmm. The the one that's coming to mind right now, because as you see in the ticker tape down below, uh, there's. Uh, Uh, auditions for Cat on the Hot Tin Roof are coming up and I was thinking about a play by Tennessee Williams I was in called The Glass Menagerie which is uh, as the gentleman caller which is one of my favorite potentially my favorite role that I've ever gotten to play Uh, so I will say The Glass Menagerie for right now although it does change by the minute I'm already thinking well of gobbler is really good so you know (laughs) by the end of this call it'll be Hamlet and we'll have to go all over again (laughs)
4: Um, I didn't even think about other Shakespeare. I know. Sure. Uh, um, for me, about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I like as with all the comedies. I do think it, I would pick one of my comedies or one of the. I I obviously teach theater too. I love theater. I love. I it would take me all day to really list it, and then like Billy, I would change my mind. But near and dear to my heart always is Miracle Worker. Uh, it's great writing. It's a great show. I've gotten the opportunity to direct it three times and it's just a beautiful show. And it's, but I like all the ones based on true. Like I like Diary of Anne Frank, you know, and had, you know, but my comedies that I've done have been a blast too. So it's, and even ones I didn't get to direct. So, but if I had to pick one really fast off the top, it would have probably been that. Mm-hmm. And then it's a wonderful life. I like that. See, I can't do it. I can't do it.
1: <laughs> all good answers. Um, Next question is is usually significantly harder because no one likes to really answer this one, but we'll try it anyway. What is, in your opinion, it's just your opinion, no judgment uh, zone here. What is the most overrated play in your opinion? And then the next question is underrated, so feel free to start thinking about that one also. Overrated play. Yes, overrated play. Ooh. I don't know.
0: This is not an interesting podcast when there's this <laughs> kind of space.
1: Dead <laughs> silence.
5: Dead
0: That's silence. why it's
1: called Fast Five. Whatever comes to mind first.
3: <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go with Romeo and Juliet. I hate it. Ew. Bad play. Not great writing. Sorry. There's also some major plot points like Romeo somehow gets to Verona and back in a day when he like that. You can't. Mm, mm,
0: That's not, fair. That's fair.
3: Major plot point. Like, you can't, not a good play. I don't think it's the best play to teach Shakespeare. It's mm-hmm. not good.
0: Tell us how you really feel. I know.
3: Well, right. <laughs> so I went with friends to see Titanic <laughs> last night
2: and realized that it's like Romeo and Juliet on a boat. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, James Cameron said when he wrote it, I decided to write Romeo and Juliet on a boat. Did he really? That's, <laughs> that's literally the concept that he went with. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it. I love Titanic, but I hate Romeo and Juliet. Mm hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. flip that reverse it for me
2: (laughs) same actually uh i have two answers and they're both going to bother people on this call uh and but they are the only ones coming to mind now because that's i have adhd and that's how it works um uh so um i'll just say both of them and alienate everybody uh Mm -hmm. Ever since been brought this up before we press record, and I'll all I've been thinking about, he's like, You know, someone said Greece is overrated, and I'm like, It is, and that's <laughs> all I've been able to think about for the rest of this call. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Greece is fine, I just think that people, it's crazy the way people go gaga over it, and that is the definition of overrated. Um, not that it's minutes, bad, actually. it's just well, it's kind of bad. Uh, anyway, um. <laughs> Uh oh. No, I know what I really think is overrated. What's it called? Uh musical by a guy That you helps. Know, you know the musical that was by the guy? Yeah. Um that guy? Rent. Oh. I okay. I hate Rent. I hate Ouch. Rent so much. I
3: think Rent needed more dramaturgy and it would have been great. Sure. I, I think, think that parts know. of Rent
0: are great and parts of Rent are yeah. terrible. I don't need to see it again. And I'm actually yeah. going to mix my answers and say West Side Story. I don't like mm. that retelling of Romeo and Juliet if we're going with musicals. I'm not a big fan. Uh, it takes too long. And then the only other thing, and I, anybody who knows me, I love Fan of the Opera but I hate how many times they sing that woman's name. And always in threes, (laughs) always in threes. And I'm like, we know her name is Christine, shut up. So (laughs) that'll be mine, that'll be mine.
4: Yeah, I I have a hard time with this music wise or anything wise, but uh, I play wise, I don't, it's funny. I loved the book, The Giver, hated the play. Not a good adaptation. It happens. Not a good adaptation. It's horrible. Um, Is As far as I'm with, when I was listening to Phil say Romeo and Juliet, um, I don't care for the writing. I know normally I'm a pretty big fan of Shakespeare, but I didn't, don't love that show. I feel like if you don't cut it somewhere, you're just in for a lot of painful audience members. Like I just, so I have a problem with that. Um, yeah, I yeah, I that's but I probably what I would go with that was right there.
2: The Shakespeare and, show I can't stand is uh Merchant of Venice. I
4: yeah,
2: I, I don't think I don't think that people should perform that one anymore. I think that's that maybe racist. Yeah, no, that's that's the entire thing. It's 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 completely racist and completely uninterested with how racist it is. It's not even the main focus, it's just hey, let's throw in so it's like breakfast at Tiffany's. Let's just throw in some just sort of incidental racism. While we get back to the silly romantic plot.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> the
1: next question, uh, while we're on the topic, is what is the most underrated play in your opinion?
2: Underrated. So you even warned us that this one was coming and we still. I know, we're not ready. Um I'm
3: trying to like look at my play shelf.
0: <laughs> my play oh, yeah. shelf. I love damn Yankees. I mean, I don't know that I'd call it underrated. It's just it's underperformed these days, I think. I Mm -hmm. I think that I want to say that I heard that they are going to do a revival. I'd be interested in seeing what they do with that. Um, And I will always I mean, I got to I got to see 1776 last night with the first all female, all non-binary, you know, no men uh, cast and. Um, I was really scared because it is my favorite show. I was born on the 4th of July. So, uh, and it was brilliant. So if you get an opportunity, please go see that. And not enough people were in the theater. Go see that oh, show.
3: You know what? Actually, I had another friend that was there at the same time as you. Ah! Posted, they're like, we're seeing 1776 tonight. And I was like, convergence of worlds.
0: I took a picture of the Wilma for you. Like, you Wilma. didn't know what it looked like.
3: I forgot all about what it... <laughs> for a whole year forget what it looks like
0: so yeah those are mine
2: i have i have an answer uh that um yeah i'm yeah i'm gonna keep courting controversy let's do it uh i think romeo and juliet is underrated um i think that uh they at least growing up, I was, I always heard the take of like, Oh, Romeo and Juliet's bad. Oh, it's, oh you fall in love with someone in like two minutes. (laughs) Yeah. And in I having like now seen several really good productions of it, I think that it is, I I'm not necessarily of the mindset that I, I think that you guys have a point or Phil, I think was the one who said this, that, Teaching it to high school kids is like their first Shakespeare play is probably a bad move. I think that that is correct. I think ha- because it is more late, but I think that's because it's more layered than people want to get into it. The if you put it in con in the historical context, like most Shakespeare plays, it was a pre-existing story that he just adapted into his style,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and um, the story as it existed at the time was just a, a, a cautionary tale to children to be like, this is what happens when you dis- when you disobey your parents. And Shakespeare was the writer who had the, the audacity to put the onus on the parents and say, no, these kids are being kids. They're going to feel the way that they're going to feel. They're going to do what they want to do. They're going to try and experience the world that they want, the way they want to experience. And it's the parents' fault it's the parents who are putting them in the, in these boxes and making them make these hard decisions when they're not emotionally or cognizantly ready for it uh, to, that are gonna make them do stupid things in order to get around their rules and their strictures. And it and uh, he ma- he made it into a tragedy not of, if only these children had obeyed their parents put a quest <laughs> tale and changed it into isn't it stupid the way that we put people and children into boxes uh when they're just trying to live and we don't trust them and i think that that's beautiful
4: mm-hmm.
2: and also juliet is is really cool and romeo doesn't deserve her but anyway <laughs> -hmm. He can go back to Rosalind. It's fine.
0: Rosalind doesn't want his.
2: Rosalind doesn't want him. (laughs) That's the inciting incident, my guy. (laughs) Ah, I missed the point. Um, (laughs) um,
3: I'm going to uh, go with the play, How I Learned to Drive, um, which is a. play that I had the privilege to work on and then I got to work with Paula Vogel a year later on a world premiere not the point um but I just think it's a great it's a great play it's certainly one that I think people misunderstand and take the wrong things from it so they don't perform it as often as it should be um looking at it through the right lens really gives you a different take on it and realizing whose story it is um so it's to me, the story of a Little Bit reclaiming her her story and like trying to figure out where things went wrong and that the love story it, like yes, it was sexual abuse and um but like her reclaiming her story and really stepping into adulthood and like looking at it through the that lens and giving her the power get, and taking the power away from Uncle Peck, I think is really important um for her. So when it's examined through the, the right way and um, really getting that backstory right and understanding like the Greek chorus is there to fill in for all of these other people that were important in her story. But um, I think too much, too often when I've seen it done, there's too much drama in it instead of really playing up the comedy of, wow, my life was a mess and I'm lucky that I turned out the way that I did. Um, and understanding it through that context is important.
5: Shout
3: out of Ogle. <laughs> Marie, you're left.
4: I know. I, I again, I I like a lot of stuff I don't, as far as underrated. Um, one of my I like any of the campy musicals or anything like that. I love Little Shop, and anybody who doesn't love Little Shop should just get out because <laughs> get out
5: very, of here. I know. It's I just weird.
4: love it. Um so i that and beauty and the beast and i am a big fan of phantom um um i don't love titanic but anyway um
3: (laughs) sorry he's not here he (laughs) did
4: but one of the shows also there's an old show called up the down staircase and i just think it's a no one even hears about it anymore or whatever but it was about a teacher. and making a difference in a classroom of kids. And I just think it's a tale as old as time, truthfully, also to reference Beating the Beast, but um, it, and I think that it's a show that people don't even look at it. <laughs> <laughs>
5: ah, I've been called out. Sorry, Zach.
3: You know my feelings about Titanic, the musical, I, not the movie, the movie's great.
4: Yeah, I, I didn't love the, mu- I don't, I don't know, but yeah. So. As long
3: as lame is, and far less happens.
4: Yeah. Yes. That's it's, how I felt about
1: it. It's, it's, yeah. No. I. No. Yep. All two right. The boat going down is far less interesting. I know. <laughs> <less> interesting. The <laughs> tenardiers don't show up at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The last two questions of Fast Five. My
3: there's only. That was There was only two three.
1: That. It's okay. We are the uh, slowest five ever there we go thank you you're absolutely correct (laughs) (laughs) All right. so the next one uh, question number four what is your dream role in a play and Billy you can't use clue because we know that was already and and Kate you can't say peacock because we know those were already used find something else in a
5: play
3: or like I mean, plays. I guess we, we have been, but
1: we've we've been mixing the two, so might as well just throw it out there.
3: Um, I'm gonna jump in right away, and God, I forget his freaking name. Never mind. I'm gonna back up.
2: <coughs> uh. Yeah, back up, Phil.
3: Dream
0: <laughs> I don't know his name,
1: <laughs> but I love him.
3: It's the uh, the foreman in Assassins, but that his title's not foreman. The proprietor in assassins so he's the one that like really helps the story move along and gives the weapons and like really like pushes people in and he's kind of like the foil to the balladeer who's like all up and beat and the proprietor's like nah we're gonna mess shit up now um so that's that's mine
2: i haven't seen assassins but i'm assuming the weapons are a rope a candlestick <laughs>
3: <laughs> no it's all it's, it's all guns in assassins
2: oh lame our play's better <laughs> more variety of weapons. Uh, my dream roles are probably the same as like some of my favorite fictional characters that I'd like to do something cool with on stage. I'd like to play Sherlock Holmes. Uh, there is a stage play about Dr. Who. So I'd love to play the doctor. Um, uh, maybe Dracula or Van Helsing would be cool. I, um, I imagine that any stage play written about Batman is probably terrible. So probably, I won't say that, but I would like to play Batman. Um, but I like the same same so. thing. What you say?
3: Look what they did with Spider-Man. <laughs>
2: exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but I think um, But the other thing, what I was saying in that Facebook group discussion I mentioned earlier is, uh, they're more of my dream things are like things I could do on stage that I haven't done before. In this play, I get to do one thing that I don't think I've ever gotten to do, uh, which is great. But again, it's a spoiler, so I'm not going to talk about it. But um, uh, but in uh, I I've never played a monster on stage, and I would really like to play a monster. I'd love to do like a werewolf or like a Dr. Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. Uh, or, or yeah, or Dracula, Frankenstein, like some some sort of like monstrous beasts, just go ah, yeah, yeah, and like and really uh, go go crazy on it. I'd love to do that. I got close. I got to be in the Tempest playing Caliban, uh, and that was w- some of the most fun I've ever had on stage. Just getting to be really gross, but I'd like to go further with that and be even grosser. I think I could do it.
3: Nick Deere's adaptation of Frankenstein is amazing, and you would be awesome in it.
2: Thank you. I will have to look that up. Hi Melissa. Hey, uh,
0: Phil. Did you? Nerds. So is that your, your answer? Was the from Assassins? That yeah, you. mine is from Assassins. Yeah. Um, when I was young, I had written a list of like bucket listy kind of things, and one of them was Dolly Levi in Hello Dolly or mm-hmm. The Matchmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I guess that's still still probably um, a dream role. I've aged out of a lot of the roles I think I would have loved to play. I, I took away too long of a hiatus. Um, but after last night, knowing that it may be a possibility in the future, John Adams in 1776.
3: Hey, that would be great.
0: Or Benjamin Franklin. I think I might be a really good Benjamin Franklin. There you go. So.
4: All right. I would have said, uh One of them I got to play Kate, the mother, in Brighton Beach Memoirs. Uh, Nurse Ratchet. I would love to be one point in time in Cuckoo's Nest. And if I was doing a musical, I would have been either Glenda the Wicked Witch in um, Wizard of Oz or Belle in Beauty and the Beast.
1: And the last question I have for you uh, is who is your dream co-star? One person,
2: play a musical, your dream co-star, my wife Kaylee.
5: Uh, oh.
2: yeah. Gross. I'm not even. I'm not even making that. <laughs> I'm not even being <laughs> silly. Like she's my favorite person. She's my favorite person to work with, uh, and uh, she's an incredibly talented actress. And she and I have never been cast as a, a romantic couple in anything ever. Uh-huh. They except, specifically... in, except in life, except in life. <laughs> yeah, people are. Uh, we, we always try out for like romantic couples, and people are always like, "We don't buy it." And then they like they like <laughs> your mother and son, or father and daughter. Your your, your do you even interact in Thirty Fourth Street? What I say?
3: In Thirty Fourth Street, do you even interact with each other?
2: We got one scene to interact, and uh she was like what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm too whimsical to live. And that was the end of the scene. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I'm going to dream real big here and say Alice and Janie Ooh, nice. Because there's nothing that woman can't do. Um, she's like, I think one thing away from an EGOT. So somebody get her an album.
0: Right. Well, if you're going to go big, I'm going to go big and impossible and say that I mourned for like a week when Angela Lansbury died. Mm -hmm. Um, She was um, absolute magic. Um, Just just unbelievably splendid. And I would have I mean, so but I guess if I have to pick somebody who's alive, I would say again, if I'm going to go big. If I can go big or go home, maybe like Santino, Santino Fontana. Oh.
2: Go home.
3: <laughs> You're performing on a stage that he's performed on. I yeah. know,
0: yeah. I didn't live in Williamsport, so I didn't get to see it. <laughs>
4: um, I would have said, uh, if I could have, it was a dream, dream, dream. Uh, Robin Williams, his wit and fast paced, you know, ability to do improv. He's so, I just wish I could have met him. That would have been, but he's dead. So I cannot, unfortunately. Um, My son, Adam, and I got to be his mom in Brighton beach and that will always rank as one of the highlights of my life. He is, but I'd love to do it again. I'd love to be in another show with him. So
5: Maybe someday. We'll see.
4: I'll text her right now. (laughs) Yes.
1: Well, thank you all for playing. That was a lot of fun. And before we close out our show, uh, it is Black History Month. And we have a special performance by a group of actors at CTL uh, who have come together to do a Black History Month tribute. Uh, So please enjoy the Color Purple reprise from The Color Purple. Maybe. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Shanice Brandon, to Nevaeh Williams, to Destiny Lopez, to Tiana Rawls-White for joining me in that venture. Uh, I just love them so much. I just love them. So anyway, uh, (laughs) this has been another episode of CTL Speaks. Make sure that you get your tickets to Clue On Stage, which debuts this Friday, February 24th through the 26th. And from March 2nd through the 5th for their second weekend. Tickets are available at ctlshows.com. Also, auditions are happening tonight uh, for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Uh, So those auditions are tonight and tomorrow, so the 19th and 20th of February at 7 p.m. at CTL. So please make sure you get out and audition for that as well. This has been another episode of CTL Speaks with your host, Auburn. Thank you to Phil and Marie and Kate and Billy for joining me today. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.
5: Thank Thank you. Thank you.